Hey there! Thanks for tuning in to Ermia Matters, where we talk all things Ermia as an association and all things higher education risk management and insurance. Let's get to it. Welcome to Ermia Matters. I'm Jenny Whittington, Ermia's Executive Director. Happy to be hosting this podcast with one of my favorite co-hosts, Julie Gross from Wake Forest. Say hello, Julie. Hey, Jenny. This is becoming a little gig for me <laughs> on the side here doing the podcast, which I really love. So thanks for letting me hang on to the microphone and the headset a little longer. Absolutely. We've been thrilled to have you, and you are such a great um, co-host. I look forward to hearing many more Julie performances in the near future. <laughs> so thanks uh, in advance for doing that. Certainly. We- we know it takes extra time to do this, but happy um, to help. Happy you've been to help. very good at it. Thank you. It's fun. It's I enjoyed it a lot. So today we are going to talk about two specific things. So the Ermia membership at large might be aware of both of these things. We've communicated a little bit about it in in the Ermia update, but Ermia has recently updated both our code of conduct and our network etiquette. So today we're going to be focusing on those two things, and I wanted to queue up the code of conduct conversation first because going back in time, I think it was late fall when we started thinking about updating the code of conduct and just a little bit of history out there. When I started with Ermia back in 2005, I believe it was around, it was 2006 when we, when Ermia created its its first ever official code of conduct. And it was Jill Lassiter from Texas Christian University who was on the board at that time. And she had worked on her institution's code of conduct. And I'm sure that Ermia's code of conduct may have looked a lot like (laughs) TCU's code of conduct. And it was a great, it was a great experience. I think the board was really proud of the document that they created. And it got approved and we, we shared it with the membership. And we put it up on the website. And then every time we updated our website, we, we, you know, updated it a little bit, made members aware of it. But really, since 2006, that document had lived there on the website and it came to the board's attention that it was probably time to to really take a look at that document. And that's where you came in, Julie. You put your hand up and tell us a little bit about that. We really felt, like you said, we felt like it had been about 15 years since the code of conduct had really been looked at extensively. We gathered a group of volunteer folks to help us go through the code of conduct. And we really looked at it very closely and we ended up doing a complete overhaul on it. And thanks really in large part to Stacy Kroll, who was then at five colleges, we structured our code of conduct around what we call the five pillars. And that yeah. sort of borrows from Stacy's language. And the five pillars are compliance with laws, regulations, and association policies, respect for the rights and dignity of others, conflict of interest, protection and proper use of assets, and the accuracy and privacy of records and reporting. We also discuss violations of these standards and sanctions for doing that. And we also some, we offer avenues for folks to be able to report any concerns or violations they've feel like they've seen. So we we spent several weeks working on that. And once we got to the point where we felt like we had our final draft, we worked with Presidium to ensure that our policy was complete. And so 
I think now we have a really great updated code of conduct. It's much more cohesive and succinct. It's much easier to use, I think. And so I don't, I, we appreciate all the good work that have been done in the past. And we just worked really hard to honor that and also bring the policy into the 2020s, if you will. And uh, so we are, we feel very good about it. And I do want to just thank our committee members because they were volunteers and they did a great job so i already mentioned stacy kroll we also uh, had sandy mitchell from mit tracy swift from arizona state university and there were ermia staff members you jenny were part of the committee and gary langsdale so it was great to have all these different voices and experiences to help us work through these policies because nobody really loves to (laughs) nobody really loves to take a code of conduct policy (laughs) and update it it's not particularly scintillating but we had a great time and i feel like especially uh, with stacy's help stacy really has a heart for writing policies (laughs) 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 thank goodness (laughs) thank goodness because we might still be working on it if it weren't for her her input so we but we just really appreciate uh, everybody's help on that so we hope the members will find it a little easier to digest and to to understand and to work with so that was certainly our intent yeah, definitely. I mean, even I was really proud of the document that we used for all those years, and it, it served us well. But over that much time, things change. And I think just certainly the world has changed. And awareness of a code of conduct is, is a thing that I think most people are aware that organizations have a code of conduct. And Ermia prides itself on good governance. Yeah, I'm really proud of the good work that you led. So thank you, Julie, for for doing that for us. All the Ermia members listening to the podcast, please, you've probably seen a message that's asking you to agree to the code of conduct. And I believe that will happen once a year now. Correct. Yes, (laughs) that is our goal is to have that happen once a year. And the other goal is for the board to look at this code of conduct and update it no more than three years at a time. Like we won't go more than three years without updating it. So hopefully we'll be able to keep it fresh and keep it relevant. And then we will ask members every year to agree to it. So thanks for, I think Rana helped set that up. So thanks to Rana for that. Yeah, big shout out to Rana. It it was a a new kind of project for us. So she did a great job with that. And and a shout out to Tim Wiseman from Wyoming. He he was a great tester for us. (laughs) So thanks to Tim. Another policy that I just wanted to throw out there while Ermia members are listening is our event safety policy. We had that we had created that a few years ago, specifically about being safe at our events. So if if a Ermia member has any questions about that, I'm really proud of that policy too, as just a sidebar. But the second part of this conversation, we're going to talk about our network etiquette. When Ermia, when Ermia switched providers, I think it was maybe 2013 is when we launched the HireLogic Ermia network platform as we know it now. They had a template document of their network etiquette. And when people agreed to the network, at, when you first first logged in, <laughs> you, you took a look at those network etiquette rules. And I, while the staff looks at them from time to time, that was another really piece of the puzzle of this kind of update was to really look at the network etiquette. Julie, you also led that task force. Now, I wasn't a specific staff member on that task force, but why don't you tell me a little bit about the evolution of that project? Sure. So... The, you know, previously the Ermia 
network rules and etiquette document was six pages long. And <laughs> sure, everybody read it. I am <laughs> For those of you who haven't memorized, we really appreciate that, but we've changed that. So sorry to disappoint. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was six pages long and gosh, we just felt that that was just way too long. The document had just too many sections. Some of it contained outdated information. There was information in the documents that was really actually contained in other places and army of policies or procedures. And there were different rules for different groups, meaning the institutional members had some different roles in the affiliates and vice versa, which was confusing. And so our main goal was to certainly shorten it, but to also make it a lot easier to digest and for people to understand. As with the code of conduct policy, we did a complete overhaul on this document and we cut it down to one page oh my gosh fantastic we really we just didn't want it to go on and on and again no disrespect to the former (laughs) rules and etiquette document thank you thank you but again we want to honor what came in the past but make it a little more updated we basically eliminated most of the sections and we just focus on the etiquette that people need to abide by when they're on the network. And we added a short value section that ties back directly to one of the statements in our recently updated code of conduct. We felt it was important to have those two documents reflect one another. And we eliminated the rules for the different membership groups because we really just felt like the same rules should apply to everyone regardless of whether you're an an institutional member or an affiliate member. And so the bottom line is we want people to be nice to each other and the Ermia Network is a place for people to come to interact with one another, but it's not a place for people to come and post commercial messages or sell things. And so I think that's one of the unique things about Ermia is that we really want to help one another and, and we don't have to worry about the commercial messages and things like that. Absolutely. As a longtime staff member, that is a question we get from new affiliate members is really about our culture. And I always go back and really explain the evolution of Ermia. For probably Ermia's first 30 years of existence, we were institutional only. And then the, the board at that time was very wise and they valued the relationships that the risk manager person had with their their insurance broker, their underwriter, their, all the other people that they do business with. So they started allowing affiliate members to join Ermia. And at that time, they even, they valued the relationship so much that they put an affiliate member on our board. So that makes Ermia a very unique association. Mm -hmm. Even out of the higher, other higher ed groups that I interact with, having a for-profit member among the not-for-profit, the institutions, makes us unique. And it really shows it shows me the value that 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 partnership really is, that our mm-hmm. members work together in a partnership to really protect their institutions. So our culture is very unique. And for those out there listening that might not be members of Ermia, we're also unique that we don't have a trade show at our in-person conferences that, knock on wood, will be returning this fall. The value of Ermia members learning side by side, whether it's in a virtual environment, whether it's in an in-person environment. Our board, back when they allowed affiliate members to join the organization and be on the board, they really wanted to learn side by side and be in partnership. And that's really, the rules have come full circle because we did carve those things out over time. And I was part of the sixth page of, I was probably part of that problem. Well, <laughs> because we you start with a document and then you add right. here, you tweak there, you add there. But I'm so happy with the result with this one page document that's in modern language. It's really easy to understand. And 
I always um, like to shout out to to affiliate members or even to institutional members. If you are unsure about posting something online, reach out to the staff. We're happy to help. We have Lou and Gary who are former risk managers who can give you an opinion. There are, are better ways sometimes to ask questions to get better responses. So we we are always happy to help navigate that if anybody ever needs help. And I'll just add to that, even though the policy is, the updated etiquette policy is out, we are still in the process. I'll be working with the Ermia staff to come up with an FAQ document that may address some of the questions that people have about what things they can and cannot post on the network. That'll be coming, that's TBD, but that'll be coming soon to a computer near you. So we'll be sure to let you uh, know when that's ready. And I would like also to just thank the committee uh, again uh, for all their hard work. And to your point, Jenny, about the importance of affiliates, we really wanted to make our sure that our affiliate members were comfortable with these updated rules because we do value their partnership very much and their input in this process was crucial. And so we had three affiliate members on the Rules and Etiquette Committee. So we had Amy Daly from FM Global. Jean Demchat from Marsh, Karen Krupa from Suffolk University, Keisha Trim from the University of Richmond, Marge Lemon from Yale, and Chris Dubel from Fred C. Church. And we also had Ermia staff members, Louise Schlesinger and Michelle Smith. And Jenny, you did add a few comments here and there. And also, <laughs> we do have to thank Rona uh, Papish because she also had input into the document. So I, I feel like it's turned out again very, and it's a much, much shorter with just seven bullet points of how you need to to act on the network. And there are things that are not difficult. They're just common sense things. And and again, as with the um, code of conduct, the board of directors is responsible for reviewing this on a regular basis. So absolutely. And I know that there is one part that I'm still working on too, Julie, the protecting professional boundaries. We had a graphic that Presidium helped us to develop and we're still tweaking that. And I'm hoping to actually get a graphic together that we can tie those three policies together. So when you're looking at them, like they they all reflect each other. That will come to in either phase two or phase three. So that's still in the works. This has been a multi-phase process. (laughs) And it took a village. So It did take a village. It did take a village. It's the pandemic. We don't have anything else going on. So happy to No snowstorms. No no ice ice storms. No no COVID spikes on campus. We, We have it going on. So <laughs> we are happy to do it. So again, thanks to all the folks who helped with that committee because that we were able to get that knocked out in just a few weeks and everybody was great. Yeah, thanks to everybody that was part of that. And members who are listening, please check out those uh, documents. They're all online. If you have any feedback, Julie and I were available to take feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Well, thanks so much, Julie. You were an excellent co-host guest today. You as um, well. Have an excellent uh, afternoon. and. That'll be a wrap on Ermia Matters. You've been listening to Ermia Matters. You can find more information about Ermia at www.urmia.org. For more information about this episode, check out the show notes available to Ermia members in the Ermia Network Library.